Hi, and welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a wide range of rock and metal topics for the casual listener. I am your host, Don Sutherland. With me, as always, is my brother and metalhead, Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? So before we get going, I uh, got a message this week from Tristan, an Unholy Trinity episode, where he talked about uh, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Led Zeppelin, and he sent this Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple interview. Surprisingly really funny. I hadn't really watched much interview stuff with him, but he's kind of chaotic, really quietly, just talks about literally whatever he wants. Very highly recommend this interview. We're going to put the link in the episode description for you. Besides that, Andrew, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're going to do a tribute to Alexi Leho and uh, his band Children of Bodom. All right, sounds good. Let's get into it. <laughs> get to drink a real beer yeah i'm actually drinking a real beer this time all right so i guess we'll uh, get going here yeah let's get into it so who, who are we talking about i wanted to do uh a tribute to alexi lejo because he passed away last year on december 29th uh okay. and at a pretty young age of 41 oh and, wow uh, yeah so alexi lejo is best known as the front man for the finnish melodic death metal band children of bodom and uh he was generally fairly well known in hard rock metal circles as a guitar virtuoso and he's had various accolades and awards to do with his guitar work mm -hmm. what what did he pass away from unless that's part of the story and that's really yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh later on in the episode here i'll i'll cover that but uh okay. i wanted to do a tribute to him because he's one of my favorite metal guitarists and uh just to go right to the start here i first heard children of bodom on a compilation cd uh, from a metal magazine I used to purchase called Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles. They used to sell it at HMV back in the day. And, oh, uh, HMV, which is, I guess, not around anymore. Yeah, I, I don't even know what CD stores are around anymore. But back then, that was where we got our music and our magazines and stuff. But uh, yeah, so like I was instantly a fan of this band when I first heard them. Uh, it was back in probably 1997, might have been, 1988, like a lot, quite a while ago. Ah, the year I was born. Yeah. Well, that, How does that make you feel? Definitely ages me. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to do a quick bio on Alexi Lejo, and his, his nickname was uh, Wild Child. I'll cover uh, a lot of Children of Bodom stuff, and I'll also touch a little bit on his uh, other bands he was playing with and uh, his early and tragic death. Cool. So, okay. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say I shouldn't say cool. You said, yeah, we'll talk about his early and tragic death, and I said cool, cool in general yeah. to the community. Yeah, definitely, definitely not very cool, man. I mean, especially for me, he's only a couple years older than me, so... That's pretty pretty crazy. Oh, how, yeah, how that's died. alarming. Yeah. But uh, a, a great description by a, a guy named Brian Stillman, who uh, writes for Guitar World. He describes Children of Bodom's music as crushingly brutal, yet melodically complex sound that combines million-mile-an-hour power chords with sweeping arpeggios, Vi-inspired solos, and infectious leads. So by Vi, I mean like Steve Vi, the guitarist. Yeah. So, I just thought that was a really nice description of, of their music. Very poetic. Uh, much, much better than I could ever do. So I figured I'd use that <laughs> and uh, make sure that I give credit where credit's due. Uh, so we'll do a little bio on Alexi Lejo. Okay. So his birth name is Marku Ula Alexi Lejo, and he was born in April 8th, 1979, in a town called Espoo, Finland, which is basically a suburb of Helsinki, Finland. Uh, okay. There's a, a really good documentary on YouTube called Chaos Ridden Years. It's a documentary on Children of Bodom. And uh, this is from an interview in that documentary. 
he recalls taking to music at an early age and his dad playing music like Dire Straits and Beatles albums. And he was really digging the guitar sounds, in his words. He, he started playing the violin at age seven and he played classical music for four or five years until his dad bought him his first guitar when he was 11. Uh, another huge influence for Laiho was uh, legendary guitarist Steve Vai, who I mentioned earlier there. Uh, and he told Guitar World he was 10 years old watching MTV when the video for Steve Vai's For the Love of God from his Passion Warfare album came on. And that was the moment he knew that he had to start playing guitar. Quote, not only did it blow me away, it also opened up a whole new world to me. And uh, I actually checked that video out and it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty much just an entire guitar solo of a song. Just but one, it's uh, one long solo. it's pretty awesome. Like Steve Vai is a pretty amazing guitarist. So yeah, yeah we can put that link in the, in the description as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he started getting into heavier stuff that his older sister was listening to, like Poison, Motley Crue, Twisted Sister, uh, GNR, Skid Row, stuff like that. And uh, as a kid, he either wanted to be a rally driver or a rock star. So he had it figured out pretty early. <laughs> Two very good career choices, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, now we'll just get into the band itself, uh, how Children of Bodom started out. Okay. So uh, Children of Bodom started out as a band called In Earth originally and was formed in, by... In Earth? In Earth, yeah, like I-N-E-A-R-T-H-E-D. So uh, formed by... immediately... Just as far as like first band names go, it's better than some of the ones we've heard. Oh, far, far better. <laughs> like, some of them are better. <laughs> and actually, the reason they got rid of the band name, we'll get to that in a second. They, they didn't get rid of it because they didn't like the name. We'll get to that in a second, but you'll find out why they changed their name. So the band was formed by Alejo and his friend. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce these names probably very well because they're Finnish and it's not really up my alley. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> his, his friend Yaska uh, uh, <laughs> Ratikainen. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say like their <laughs> names are like ninety percent uh, consonants. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. a lot it's like of that. Uh, it's like that SNL skit with uh, with uh, Chance the Rapper, and he's trying to pronounce a hockey player's name. Oh my he's god, like, that, that is a bad. that is an S, a K, and a J all next to each other. That's each other. That's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not music related at all, but you got to put the link for that sketch. Yeah, <laughs> that's that also in there. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, they started the band when they were teenagers. Uh, Raska started out playing piano as a child and then the French horn before becoming a drummer. So he also had some classical music training. Wow. Uh, okay. Jaska recalled that he and Alexei were both about 15 when they made their first demo tape. It was titled Implosion of Heaven and second demo tape, Ubiquitous Absence of Remission. <laughs> it sounds like a carcass album <laughs> those are carcasses. Yeah, they just uh, they just went through their thesaurus for... yeah their medical dictionary well that's what yeah. carcass used to do eh? they used to get a medical dictionary and come up with ridiculous titles oh but, seriously uh, <laughs> yeah um we'll, we'll do an episode of carcass at some point they're pretty mm -hmm. interesting rounding out the original band with a bassist named samuli maitinen yeah no, that's not that's not you andrew stumbling on them right like finnish names they're written with a question mark at the end of of all the names right <laughs> yeah, might as well be, eh? <laughs> from, the, from the way I'm saying them. Pretty much everyone in the band up until pretty recent was Finnish, so their names are all along those lines. Complicated, so, yeah. I actually listened to the that demo, Implosion of Heaven. It was available on, on YouTube. because I don't think it's, you can find like any copies of it. I think it was like a tape back in the day, right? But right. Uh, it, was, it was actually pretty amazing how good Leho already was in guitar at 15 years old.
So in an early interview, Leho recalls kicking out the second guitarist at the time because he was more into drinking than rehearsing. Uh, and they enlisted a guy named Alexander Kuapala on rhythm guitar and Henka Blacksmith, which is not a Finnish name, I don't think, <laughs> on, <laughs> on bass before bringing in a guy named uh, Yanni Piris There we Piris go. That's, that's a Finnish name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually, that sounds almost like Polish. Yeah, who knows, man? Some sort of Eastern Europe. Something I can't pronounce very well. Yeah. <laughs> who was actually, that Yanni guy actually was the guitarist that they kicked out back in the day and they hired him as a keyboard player, which is pretty fucked up to quote Leho. <laughs> so <I'm> it, <laughs> it seems he was pretty good at getting to rehearsals at first, but started getting flaky and they ended up firing him and replacing him with uh, Yanni Werman, who would be uh, their longtime keyboardist. Uh, okay. They recorded a third demo as In Earth called Shining. And then. And this uh, is in Inner... what year? What year is that? This is what back is? in like mid 90s. Okay. Okay. So uh, In Earth has signed the shittiest contract ever, in Leho's words, <laughs> with a small <laughs> Belgian label called Shiver Records. And they, uh, they were getting interest from a bigger label called Spine Farm Records, but they had to get out of their contract first. So the band ended up telling the Belgian label that they had broken up and wouldn't be able to make an album for them. And then they end up reforming the group under a new name, uh, which ended up being Children of Bodom. So that's that's why they got rid of that inner thing. <laughs> so that label, they weren't just, detectives at all because they got away with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the exact same band just came together under a different name. So because inner was actually a pretty sweet name, but they had to figure out a way to get out of that contract. Yeah. <laughs> so and the uh, so the band name Children of Bodom comes from it's an infamous unsolved Finnish murder case that happened at Lake Bodom which is a lake right by uh, Leho's hometown of Espoo. Where oh, three interesting. Youth... Yeah, and uh, three, it's, it's a real a real unsolved murder case. That three youths were killed and one was badly injured. And they, I read about it and it looked like they had a bunch of suspects, but they never actually solved the case. Wow, okay. So I'll, I'll do a quick timeline of the Children of Bodom albums. I mean, quick is relative, I guess, because I get to be a little bit wordy <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but uh, so Children of Bodom released their debut album. It was called Something Wild in 1997. Okay. Okay. Um, their second album, Hate Breeder, in 1999. So that second album, Hate Breeder, was the first Children of Bodom album that I bought personally. And the song Black Widow was the one that I'd really liked previously from that compilation. I really like that album. Still to this day, I love it. But I remember friends of mine at the time not being too crazy about it because it was really keyboard heavy. And they thought it sounded like 280s for them. But uh, for right. me... Which would be right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love all that stuff, but but Leho's guitar virtuosity was just too much to pass up. Like, he just, I love the sound, right? Mm -hmm. So their third album, it's called Follow the Reaper. Children of Bodom decided to record at a guy named Peter Takran's Abyss Studio in Sweden instead of the uh, Astia Studio in Finland where they normally recorded everything. They went back to Astia to record their next album called Hate Crew Death Roll. And that ended up being their first gold album. And the album Follow the Reaper ended up going platinum eventually. So uh, after the tour, they released the album, well, the EP Trash, Lost, and Strung Out. And it included one of several interesting cover songs the band would do over their career. And it was actually a parody of Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah, man. So for all of our non-metalhead listeners, I'm sure they've heard of Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> There's your bridge. There's your bridge from one genre to the next. So, I mean, you can see right here that obviously Leho had a pretty good sense of humor. And I uh, like to mess around a little bit, right? Which is uh -huh. really pretty cool. So uh, 2005, uh, they released their most commercially successful album called Are You Dead Yet? And they released Blood Drunk in 2008. 
This is about the time I saw them play live. And I... Where did you, uh, where'd you see them? Uh, we saw them at the Corral in Calgary, actually. Oh, were... a building mm-hmm. which is no longer around. Yeah, yeah, it's gone now. They uh, they toured with Megadeth and In Flames for Gigantor. Wow, that's a really good lineup. Yeah, yeah, it was an awesome show. After that, 2009, they uh, put out a, a cover album called Skeletons in the Closet. So some of the tracks they covered, we've already talked about them covering Britney Spears. Uh, they covered a song called Hell is for Children by Pat Benatar. Uh, just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in by Kenny Rogers, oddly enough. Okay. And uh, so- somebody put something in my drink by the Ramones. Yeah, that's I mean there's it's a full album full of covers, so this is just a few of the ones that are on there. An interesting mix. Oh, yeah, oh, so they, they, they really... went kinda like garage ink on it, Metallica. Yeah, they went all over the place with it. There's some really interesting uh choices. Cool. I kinda I kinda love albums like that. Even if like some of the choices might be a little questionable, like whatever, do do whatever you want. It's kinda awesome to hear artists try that stuff. Well for sure. Like putting a metal spin on a completely non metal song is is awesome, man. Like mm-hmm. I mean who wants to hear a cover song that sounds exactly like the original song? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, seriously. It's like Disturbed doing um, Sounds of Silence or Sound of Silence. Mm-hmm. Like, like it turns out amazing. Genre yeah. And make it your own, right? Yeah, and it sounds it sounds awesome. That's a really good point. Like, like I don't want to hear a cover song unless it's like a band in a bar mm-hmm. that's trying to make it their own thing. Like, nah, just play the song the way it's recorded. But yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to band. live... Live music is different because live music is a whole different experience too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, so carrying on with their album releases. So 2011, they put out Relentless, Reckless Forever. Uh, I'm just going to kind of skim over the last few albums because, honestly, even though they're always proficient, really after the first half of their albums, they kind of just got a little bit too generic for me personally like I, I enjoy the albums but their their true sound was early on in the career like the sound that i really recognize as children of Bodom. right so 2013 they put out halo of blood 2015 is an album called i worship chaos and 2019 was their last album of children of Bodom called hexed okay so, but, they're, but they're still together that's just the last one they released well he's dead so <laughs> no but uh you know what totally forgot he died so <laughs> yeah uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that but there's there's a little bit of drama right. and story behind that too um but so yeah like i was saying my opinion about the albums uh the older albums definitely to me are, are a lot closer to my heart yeah. uh, a lot less the new albums are a lot less melodic and a lot more standard death sort of speed metal mm-hmm. as opposed to the uh the more melodic side of the old ones and uh, you know a lot more um, interesting guitar work and whatnot. So this is something I wanted to bring up. I found an old revolver mag from 2011 that I just had sitting in the garage, and there was an interview with Leho after his Relentless, Reckless, Forever album was released. And uh, so he was listing listing off various injuries that he had. Um, so in 2004, he had to cancel an appearance at a Dimebag Daryl tribute in Finland when he had to wear a cast and couldn't play guitar for a month after falling on his face and wrist <laughs> and then he uh, hurt his shoulder in a fall at a bowling alley three years later and couldn't play guitar for six weeks and then the band had to pull out of like a festival and tour dates who gets hurt uh, at a bowling alley <laughs> oh man this guy like the thing with leho is he just loved to party man he was he was drinking all the time and he was always like doing like just stupid shit and getting hurt clearly i had a bowling alley right. yeah man I, he like fell he tripped and like fell into the wall or something at the bowling alley. <laughs> and in uh, 2009 on tour with lamb of god he broke his shoulder and some ribs falling off the top bunk in the tour bus <laughs> and he uh he up, I mean, all this the lamest ways to get injured he, he was up, opening that can of beer and broke his finger <laughs> like yeah man he just 
he kept getting hurt for sure man. and, and all these a lot of his injuries just stayed with him too yeah so uh, after that tour bus fall he played through a few shows despite internal bleeding and he was puking up blood backstage it's uh, before, before finally withdrawing from the tour in 2011 he puked blood for nine hours straight which ended up being caused by a bleeding ulcer and he went to the hospital for four days that's uh <laughs> that's a lot of hours <laughs> uh, i mean it's really just the the end result of uh years and years of just hard partying the tour right Good God. yeah that's off i don't know how you how are you at like hour seven of puking up blood and you're like ah just give it a little more time <laughs> just wait this one I'm, out <laughs> i'm guessing this is a person who has a lot of experience puking up blood previously <laughs> fair enough yeah so uh, this uh, the same article I'm talking about. This is kind of a crazy coincidence here, but uh, so one in the article, one of the questions was: "There's a uh, the new album opens with a song titled Not My Funeral.' So this would be that relentless, uh, reckless forever album." Yeah. So the uh, the interviewer asks, "What's the story behind it?" And Leho answers, "It sounds pretty dark, but someone who used to be pretty close to me told me, dude, you're gonna die.' That they had gotten a professional opinion, and it was that I was gonna die in the next ten years. That got me so fucking pissed off." I don't need someone who's never met me saying that. And uh, he died almost exactly 10 years later <laughs> from that. Isn't that messed up? Wow. I could, like, I could believe that. I, I, found that, I found that article and, and read that, that question or whatever. And then I looked at the dates. I'm like, holy shit. It's like almost to the year. Like, it's that, is, that is pretty <laughs> insane. But they said outside opinion. So doctor? Uh, I'm not sure who the person was. It was like somebody, one of his friend, somebody used to as an old friend of his had talked to. So some, yeah. some, some kind of health professional or something. Like that. that is, that is pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, it was just such a crazy coincidence. So back to some other bands that Leho played in. So he played in another band called Synergy, uh, a band called, this is Finnish. So I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this properly, but uh, Kaya Lahulut. They're like a Finnish <laughs> punk band with him. It's kind of hey. like a, they're sort of like a, a, for, a for effort. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so it was a bunch of him and some other musician friends that formed this like fun Finnish punk band. And uh, I listened to him. And although it's all in Finnish, it's pretty, it sounds like pretty fun music if I understood what they were singing about. Right. Uh, a band called Impaled Nazarene, who's a, a Finnish black metal band that he played guitar with on an album. And a group called War Men. And he also did tons of guest appearances. People brought him in to play guitar and lots of songs. That's a lot of bands to play for. He was very active. Yeah, well, he was really talented, so he, you know, a lot of people wanted him to play for him. And there were some other bands that he was supposed to play in that he never ended up having time for. So uh, this is a bit of kind of recent drama that happened. So he formed a band called Bodom After Midnight in 2020 uh, because all the band members and children of Bodom had quit except for Leho and his other guitarist, Daniel Freyberg. And legally, he would have needed permission from the former members to use the children of Bodom name. Hmm. So they kind of... Yeah, like the, even though he was basically the band, like I don't see how they could even have that band without Alexi Leo considering. Yeah, he, like the but just name. like copyright way it was structured. Mm -hmm. So he just changed right. the name to Bottom After Midnight, and they ended up releasing three out uh, three songs before he passed away last year. Okay. So awards and recognitions that uh, Alexi Leo got. So he, in 2008, he won the Dimebag Daryl Shredder Award at the Metal Hammer golden gods awards nice he was once again also more prestigious than the grammys uh, as far as i'm concerned 100 percent. so <laughs> <laughs> he was ranked number 96 out of 100 greatest heavy metal guitarists of all time by guitar world also ranked in the 50 fastest shred guitarists of all time by guitar world 
and they uh, they used the song Needle 24-7 as a signature song, which is one of his bigger hits. Voted number one out of 20 greatest metal guitarists ever on musicradar.com. So I'm not sure who they're using for these choices, but uh, you can see no matter where they put him, he's full. He's always in the conversation, obviously. Yeah, a lot of people put him in there as, as one of the top yeah. guitarists, metal guitarists. Uh, and he was also ranked number 41 of 50 greatest metal frontman of all time by Roadrunner Records. So another... I know this is prestigious because these are all like names and magazines and websites that I've heard of. So I know it means yeah. something. Well, definitely like Guitar World's pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Metal Hammer is a pretty popular magazine for mm-hmm. you know, high rock metal. So a couple other little stories here. I, I watched a lot of interviews with Alexi. And uh, one of them, they asked him what his Desert Island LPs would be. <laughs> and his Desert Island LPs were Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears, uh, that, that Finnish band Stone, their album called No Anesthesia. And I listened to like a live version of the song No Anesthesia by Stone. And it is like some of the weirdest, most offensive lyrics I've ever heard in my life. Offen- so, offensive? Yeah. Is this something that you can... Like uber offensive. Uh, like no. Like racially. <laughs> like, or... If anybody, if anybody's got like a, you know, fairly thick skin when it comes to offensive lyrics. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really curious. How do you, how do you spell this? Or it's just Stone. It's just the band's called Stone, and the song's No Anesthesia. All right. I just wanna, I just wanna, uh, react to this without saying <laughs> what they are, <laughs> and yeah. then people can, can look this up on their own. Yeah, um, and his his third Desert Island LP would be uh, Andrew WK, I Get Wet, which I'm totally down with because Andrew WK kicks ass, man. Huh, these are, uh... yeah, we shouldn't talk about these lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's messed up, man. So uh, another, uh, one of the interviews that I was listening to with uh, Leho or watching on YouTube, he the, the guy had some pretty funny comments about certain things, whatever, some interesting points of view. But uh, the, the interview asked him any kind of music or instrument you can't stand at all. So this is like this is a quote from Leho. So remember his English is second language, right? So right, okay. <laughs> probably like all this Britpop bullshit, like Oasis and stuff like that. I hated that shit, man. I really did. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> a lot of bands that the music sounds kind of whining uh. and complaining, like. Um, Pearl Jam, like Eddie Vedder. Ah. Let's just say, <laughs> let's, let's just say Eddie Vedder's voice. It's one of these instruments I find pretty annoying. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like Oasis and I like Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I love Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam, but but I, but I just thought that was really funny the way you said <laughs> Eddie, that. Eddie Vedder's voice is one of those instruments <laughs> that I find pretty annoying. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, just the you way you worded that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> Oasis, yeah, they might deserve that. <laughs> uh, right, cool. Oasis, is, Oasis is good. <laughs> I, I like them. It's just, uh, you know what? They do whine a little bit. <laughs> and uh, watching some of these documentary outtakes and some of the videos about him, like he's just, he was a, a wild man. Like I can see why mm-hmm. they call him wild child. There's like one video where he's got a cup full of Jack Daniels with a bunch of cigarette butts floating in it. He takes a swig of it and then just pukes everywhere. It's <laughs> There's just oh so many videos of him just, just like lights out drunk. But I mean, he was always having fun though. That's the thing is like, I know it was, it was super hard in his body and he obviously had some serious drinking issues, but he always yeah. looked like he was having a great time and joking around. And... Well, I was going to say like, it, when we were talking to him, even just about Metallica and stuff, it was like Dave, Dave Mustaine drinking all the time, but he was also like getting in fights and stuff and, and not getting along with some of the guys that he was mm-hmm. hanging out with. But all of this is just like, 
yeah, we told him to slow down sometimes, but none of it is he's attacked this guy. He was really hard to have around. It was just No, he really honestly looked like a really fun guy to party with. Yeah. So uh getting closer to to his his passing. So he admittedly had like long-standing problems with alcohol abuse and he talked about slowing down and cleaning up several times in all the interviews I watched. Uh, but as I read it, it appears he ended up dying from the damage that he did to his body after all those years of drinking. So, so like organ, ins- organ failure? Yeah, well, I'll just get to that right here. So according oh, to an okay. Instagram post by his former wife, Kimberly Goss, he, she was the singer from the band Synergy he played in. It was uh, alcohol-induced de- degeneration of the liver and pancreas connective tissue. Uh, so yeah, pretty much uh, looks like a result from all the years of hard partying. Drinking. And uh, at 41, so... Just, I, I can only imagine like the amount of drinking you'd have to do to do that much damage by 41. Yeah, well, he, you know, he talked about getting up in the morning and doing like several shots of booze just oh, to geez. get going in the, in the morning, right? Like I remember that, uh, re- that part's sad. I remember reading about like Slash in his biography, and he'd have to get up in the morning and drink like a pint of vodka just to get going. Jeez, yeah, that's that's. Uh, it's just I I haven't weird. heard a lot of like alcoholic stories firsthand but it always seems to be like something along those lines it's pretty sad yeah they're pretty they're pretty depressing man yeah like just the lengths you gotta go to i i did read and like this could be this could be wrong uh i might be recalling this this wrong but like one of the worst substances to just cold turkey quit is alcohol like the withdrawal symptoms are some of the worst to just stop yeah well if you don't come down slowly it can really hurt you from what i've heard uh severe alcoholism you can you can die from alcohol withdrawals yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, especially if you do it like too fast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm ready to get to the workout playlist here. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, let's get into the workout playlist section. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the Let's put a smile on that face. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. All right, so I, I made a quick change today on the first song because I wanted to get a song off their first album. I was going to use a song In the Shadows, which it's got more of a traditional black metal feel to it, but I actually ended up going with the song Dead Night Warrior, which is probably it's a little more well-known, at least among fans of the band. So this song is like a live staple of theirs. It's like short and fast and heavy. It's a, It's a lot closer to more of a melodic death metal sound, the sound that they would be more well-known for. Lots of great guitar work and keyboards. And they do a lot of like keyboard solos, which sounds kind of weird, but it really works in their songs. <laughs> so Dead Night Dead Night Warrior, Children of Bodom. Yeah. All right, let me give this a listen. I, so I admittedly have not listened to, I don't think I've listened to like any Children of Bodom. That seems to be a band that's just falling through the cracks. Like I know who they are. Yeah. I love the keyboard. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like right off the start, it hits, it goes with the, it goes with the guitar and then you hear like a really kick, quick, like keyboard chord. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think it really works well with their, with their music and this, especially in their yeah. earlier albums. You don't really hear the, the, the keyboard doesn't really stand out in the, the newer stuff I find, but in the old stuff, it really works well with the mm-hmm. guitar and it's really, really it's really pronounced. Yeah. So and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this without really any knowledge of like what it means or if it's true at all. It does. It sounds European. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
It just does. I can't explain it. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that uh, melodic death metal comes from, you know, Scandinavia, like Sweden and Finland and stuff. And it's it's really there's there's quite a bit of difference between the sound of the the European bands and the American bands. Yeah. You can, you can really uh, hear it once you listen to a lot of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, song number two, Silent Night, Bodom Night. This song is off their uh, second album, Hate Breeder. So this song's got some crazy fast riffs and solos through pretty much the whole song. Very melodic, lots of keyboard fills. They fit in perfect with the guitars and like a, another great showcase for Leho's guitar skills. Uh, there's a live version, Stockholm 2006 version on YouTube. I recommend checking it out. It's uh, it's wicked. Okay, so uh, the, the version I'm going to check out here is just the recorded one. But uh, mm-hmm. Silent Night, Bottom Night. Yeah, it's like the whole time, just like the machine gun drums going, and just like just tearing up solos through the, the whole song. Yeah, seriously, yeah. it's just it's basically like nonstop solo and fills. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes I have, sometimes I, I almost can't differentiate the freaking the guitar and the keyboard solos because they go back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, song number three, it's called "Every Time I Die." It's a yeah. catchy, dark themed mid-tempo tune. Uh, it's got great melody, great guitar and keyboard solos. Uh, the video shows Alexi singing while he's chained to a bed in the middle of the woods with a bloody bl- blindfold on. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> interesting video. All right. Every time I die, I'll uh, check this out. what you mean about the differentiating between the the keyboard and the guitar usually they're playing like the same the same notes the same riff uh i like that it's a little slower a little more melodic but yeah they do like dueling they like do dueling guitar and keyboard yeah yeah seriously i like it all right song number four it's called kissing the shadows it's it's fairly similar in structure to silent night bottom night as in it's got like the great melodic riffing and like tons of solos basically a couple albums later newer version of uh, right Silent Night of Bodom, check it out. Yeah, all right. Kissing the Shadows, Children of Bodom. This one feels like the most dramatic of the songs so far, and possibly my favorite. Just of like the workout playlist ones so far. I really like this one. Nice. That's what I like to hear. It feels like it could be the song over a montage of like knights fighting on a mm-hmm. snowy mountain. I like that. Hey man, whenever whenever music can to make you like picture something in your mind, you know, like inspire you know, any kind of like Im- imagery. You know, yeah, be great. No, I like right. that's awesome. Song number five called "Needled 24/7." This would probably be, I would say, their most well-known song. Definitely one of their most well-known songs. So high energy, fast song. 
uh, more solos, of course, is because every song has got tons of solos. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like I think I said before, it it almost sounds like it's all solo at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the songs. So the, this uh, there's a video for this song, and uh, fuck, I want I wanted to uh, I wanted to read some of the stuff that Alexi said about the video and the director. So, so when they were making this video, Alexi was like, "We want straight fucking heavy metal shit, you know, just a bunch of headbanging in a cool environment." But this dude came up, <laughs> the stupid ass fucking circus idea, and we were like, "Dude, no fucking way!" <laughs> but he was like, "Just hold on, hold on." He made this sketch of the whole thing, so there's pictures and stuff, and I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing all these clowns and jugglers and ballerinas and shit, and I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck? Come on, this isn't heavy metal." <laughs> and and then later on, like there's a there's a big paragraph of this. He's like, "You're not gonna put any fucking jugglers in there, are you?" And he was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> and then the band ended up going on tour, and he ended up like doing all that stupid circus shit. And, and he just did it anyways. All right, I'm gonna uh, look up the actual video here. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Needle 24-7, children of bottom. All right, let's check this out. Yeah, there's the jugglers. Yeah, because yeah. it's like whenever he's playing, they're clearly on like a stage somewhere else, and then yeah, everything yeah. else is just like cut into it. And that's all he wanted was like the band playing basically, and the director put all this other shit in there. And uh, uh, Alexi, Alexi ended up going on a tour with Synergy, but when he got back, he realized the director hadn't listened to anything he said and put a lot of stuff in there. Oh, that's awesome! I love it. I mean, the yeah. song's also great, but the video is hilarious. You definitely need to look up the video. Yeah. All right, next song. Right. What are we ready for? Number yeah. six. Yeah, right, this, is a, this is a this is a personal favorite. The song is called "If You Want Peace, Prepare for War." So this is a like a super fast and aggressive thrash main riff. Listen to it and let me know what you think. But it, to me, it reminds me of uh, Megadeth, like Take No Prisoners. Yeah. So this is a great right. workout song. Get your adrenaline pumping. Uh, it's got some dueling guitar and keyboard soloing. The drums are heavy as as fuck. I guess I can swear. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, especially this episode when you're quoting Alexi all this time. Yeah, uh, I think we're, we're <laughs> past the point of no return for this episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, if you want peace, prepare for war. Yeah, very, very much shades of uh, Megadeth, especially because they they go easy on the keyboard in this one, mm-hmm. and just kind of stick with like the low heavy riffs, and then uh, yeah. put the solos in. It's almost like more, a, it's, more sparingly. It's pretty much like a straight up thrash riff that main riff mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I love it. So uh, yeah, and another couple songs that I want to just throw in there that are in this vein of these like heavy, fast, aggressive songs. Uh, there's another song they did called Shovel Knockout, and there's another song called Ugly. So I'll okay. put those out there. You don't have to listen to them right now, but I'll just put them yep. out there for the for the listeners. And for but those fun. are a little more thrash, like similar to. They're, the... they're just yeah, they're heavier and faster than some of the other more melodic stuff. Cool. Okay. Okay, so song number seven. Yeah. It's called let's do it. "Living Deadbeat." So this song starts out with a it's kind of a haunting keyboard piece, and then it breaks into a heavy riff and speeds up. It's a pretty solid tune. It's got a great beat. No pun intended. Uh, actually, no pun intended. <laughs> And uh, got a pretty catchy chorus as far as melodic death metal goes. Yeah. 
All right, Living Dead Beat. Check this out. It's not like straight prog metal, but it's a little more, uh, it's a little more like slow build up, kind of kind of style. I like it. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, they changed it a little bit up there. Like, I mean, mm. they it's, uh, after that, this is kind of their heyday, right? This the, these this few albums in the middle here. Uh, right. So like, this is from Are You Dead Yet? Right at the height of their popularity, and mm. uh, uh, there's a lot of metal purists that don't love this era of Children of Bodom. But to me, like I, I love it. I, this album's great. All these, all these probably, probably what four or five albums around this time period are, are pretty awesome all the way through. Yeah, I mean, you said this is uh, is their most popular period, so that album's probably one of their most popular. And I don't yeah, know, are, are you... there's always gonna be people that are gonna hate the stuff that's the most critically acclaimed. So, eh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as soon as a band gets popular, they're selling out, right? That's what a lot of people think. Yeah, yeah, it was silly. But well, I mean, sometimes, some... sometimes I'll agree, but yeah, most of yeah, the time I mean, it's just like you want to be a hipster about it. This this isn't like a Metallica making load, right? Like that, <laughs> yeah, this this, this isn't is like load. a Saint Anger situation. No. Yeah. So, okay, uh, moving on from there. So number eight, and uh, what we talked about earlier, I'm gonna do that. Oops, I did it again. That cover. Oh of the, the yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so on Spotify. they made a they, they made a metal. So the, the, someone made a mashup video of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the start of the song, Alexi yells something in Finnish. This is actually on the recorded version, but he yells the word uh, per, "perkele" before he breaks into the song. So apparently, this is a common Finnish profanity, and it means something along the lines of "God damn." And then okay. I was reading the comments in the video because sometimes it's fun to read comments. But one of the comments for the video suggests every Finnish metal band should yell "perkele" at the start of their songs, and I totally agree. It's <laughs> just, just to get it going. Yeah, I, I probably pronounced it wrong. I, and I also I remember when I first looked up that word, I, I actually went on and found the pronunciation on the internet, and I had it proper. But it's been like a few weeks since I did the research for this. And I <laughs> yeah. probably pronounced it wrong. It's okay. <laughs> oh, it is on. Uh, it is on Spotify. All right, I'm very excited to listen. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Children of Bodom. <laughs> Like, I like that he leads into the song with like a spit in a bucket. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is, a very, very clear spit in the bucket. It's kind of awesome, honestly. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool cover. I'm going to throw one more song in the workout playlist. So number okay. nine, the song is called Paint the Sky with Blood. And okay. I'm putting this on here because it was the last video single that Leho would release with uh, his band Bodom After Midnight. So it's it's really not the melodic style that I loved so much back in the day, but still a solid metal tune and uh, some great guitar work, which, you know, no matter what I say about his other albums, his guitar work is always top notch. Yeah, always consistent. 
and it's just straight up great heavy metal right uh yeah. their, so their their video for this there's a video for this song and uh as alexi would like to probably put it would be uh there's no artsy bullshit and <laughs> it's just the band <laughs> rocking out so yeah give that a try yeah all right paint the sky with blood boat them after midnight I actually really like the chorus. This might be one of my favorites, to be honest. Mm. It's just like a solid metal song. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a good song. And the video, the thing with, with watching him, like you can listen to his song and watch the video and just the way he plays. He's he's a great showman, right? He's a great frontman. And like watching his like fingers work over the guitar and stuff, it just it just makes it so much better. Yeah, watching it, absolutely. Like watching him live or watching him playing in a video, it just uh, really enhances the, the music. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Uh, so another, that's the last song, though? Oh, you got more? Uh, well, no, I'm just going to throw out a couple of newer songs because I, I really didn't put out much from the newer albums. So I'm just going to throw out a couple names of songs that people can check out. Oh, yeah, uh, go for it. So a couple songs from their album Hex, the last Children of Bodom album they put out. So the first uh, first song off that album called This Road and uh, one of the more popular songs on that album called Under Grass and Clover. So I'll just put those out there if anyone wants to give those a listen to. Cool. Is that, uh, is that all, then? Uh, that's it for the workout playlist. I have a little bit of news for this one. Okay. Because yeah. he, like I said, uh, Leho just passed away recently. So there's some dispute between certain parties. Leho was married to a lady named Kelly Wright in 2017. But mm. after he died, it came out that he never legally divorced that uh, Kimberly Goss lady. So this meant that his okay. new marriage wasn't legal and Goss was still his legal wife, technically. So there's been a, a war of words earlier this year between his family and Goss and uh, most notably from Alexi's older sister who calls Goss mentally unstable and that she was using her legal standing as his wife to hold up his burial. And uh, there's, I mean, you read online posts from both sides and they both sound like they really believe they're right. So it's hard to know who's who's right, you know, like, but uh, yeah, there's definitely some drama going on there. Yeah. It's always, it's always sad to see. Yeah, like her family wasn't her family wasn't or his family wasn't happy about Goss releasing the details of his death and all that stuff and mm-hmm. and then saying that she was making them wait for her to get there for his funeral and all this and causing yeah. trouble. And so that's yeah, cool. there's there's a bit of drama going on there, so it's unfortunate, but yeah. that's uh something something's still happening with the with the band. Yeah, so the children of Bodom or or Bodom after midnight decided they're not gonna continue on without him. So as far as I know, that's that's it for for those bands but i mean lots of great music uh, you know a couple decades worth yeah and uh you know just i uh, thought it'd be a nice tribute to the guy you know yeah great, yeah guys. definitely it's really sad to see like the story turn to that like after after he passes away and then there's all this dispute over it because the same thing's happening with chris cornell right now and yeah. his wife and the, the rest of the band i can't remember exactly what it is uh it's some some sort of like intellectual property thing but they're they're in this mm-hmm. constant dispute and it's it's like honestly i don't even know who's right in this case i feel like you guys should be able to find a way to like put things aside i mean yeah 
passed away. Why do you need to fight about stuff? But and just yeah. this, Sorry, you just stuff. don't want this kind of stuff, like for their legacy. You know, like, you, you don't. Yeah, want yeah, it, it tarnishes it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, all right, <laughs> kind of a a low note to end that on. But uh, so that is Alexi Leho, Children of Bonum. Yeah, man. Like, guys, guy was an amazing guitarist. Check him out. Seriously. I, I personally really enjoy his music, and I hope some yeah. of the listeners uh, it's something you know new for them that they really that they can also enjoy. So. He's leaving a, a good legacy. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. See the show notes for a complete list of the songs you heard in this episode. Got all the links there for you. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We are we're everywhere. If you like the show, please tell a friend. Leave us a star rating. And our website is www if i have to say that uh, dot the heavy.ca and you can email us at the heavy pod at gmail.com and also follow us on instagram and twitter at the heavy pod or on social media now uh, our show is edited by ian sutherland with andrew doing all of our research our brother rob designed our logo and our theme song is stallions of the highway by savage blade and i'm your host don sutherland thanks for listening we will catch you again in two weeks later <laughs>